uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. All right. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. I'm your host, Otis Landerholm, and I'm so happy today. I'm like so happy today to have our uh, guest, uh, which is our very own office manager, director of legal services, Norma Nungaray. All right. So Norma, for those who aren't aware, is our longest team member here in our office. Uh, she's an enormous contribution to our office, uh, to me, to our clients. Uh, she's also the daughter of Mexican immigrants. She's great at working with people from all over the world. Um, and uh, some people may not know, but she's actually uh, an entrepreneur uh, herself. She has invested in homes and condos and other properties. Uh, she rents at least one property right now on Airbnb. Uh, she's also a dear friend. I'm so grateful to her and I'm honored to have her with me here on the show. Norma, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's podcast, a... I do. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure it won't be the last. Um, so Norma, you know, uh, tell us about yourself. How did you... How did you find our firm? How did you get into immigration law? How did this, how did, how did we meet? How did this all start? Yeah, I mean, it all started um, when I went to, uh, I started off going to SF State and I was determined to get a degree in something. I knew I wanted to be law and I uh, accomplished my BA in political science. And then, you know, I was thinking about law school and I wasn't sure, you know, if I should either go to law school or maybe start working in the field to see if I really wanted to be a lawyer. And, you know, I decided, you know what, I, I want to maybe work in the field first and see if that's really something I want to pursue because it was going to be a commitment for me to go to law school. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go to paralegal, um, get a paralegal certificate. And I did that for a year and a half. And... I got a really good taste of what legal work is and what it takes. So then I started now figuring out what type of law I really wanted to work in. And the first thing that came in mind was personal injury. And I worked in that for about two years and it was not for me. Um, I, I felt like I needed something that felt more rewarding that I was actually using my Spanish or working with the, with the Spanish community, immigrants, you know, and I started looking into immigration. It was really, really tough for me to find uh, a job in the immigration uh, world. And uh, till this day, I don't understand really why, you know, it, it was like I was offering myself for free to work in internships and I still wouldn't get attention from anyone. You know, they wanted experience and, you know, I didn't have that immigration experience and it, it, it was pretty devastating for me. I'm like, what do I do? And I did give up for a few, 
for a few months I gave up and I was just working in uh, hospitality for a long time. So I just kept doing that when I graduated. And, you know, something happened in hospitality that caused me to want to attempt it again and not give up on finding that immigration uh, field, uh, job or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and I started going on Yelp again and I found your firm and I found this other firm and I suddenly I started getting some attention to my resume, you know, and it was, it was nice to know that someone was interested in interviewing me. Um, and I found your firm and I started researching, you know, that you were a startup, you know, you were trying to build your firm up and, and I saw that you worked in, um, with more with families and I felt like that was where I wanted to be. So I found you and I went to the interview. I, I, it just felt right. Um, I know you had me answer like three little simple questions about, you know, my family, my background, and I just felt comfortable. Um, I remember arriving to that interview like super early um, and I got to meet your staff. Um, So I kind of wanted to just know everything even before I interviewed you. So uh, I was just very fortunate that I found something that I love and I've been in till this day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven years. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've now, you know, <clears throat> for those who are listening, our firm has, um, we have doubled, and then we have doubled again during those seven years. And uh, and a lot of that is thanks to Norma. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we've we've experienced tremendous growth, and we've moved from a little teeny tiny office in San Francisco to a larger office in downtown Oakland, and now to a much larger office um, here on the Embarcadero of Oakland. Um, and it's just been a wild ride, you know. It's it's a wild ride. And Norma, I really appreciate your courage to like even reach out um, and to join such a small little office that I had back in the day. And, uh, and we've made it a, we've made it a good go. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Um, Was there something when you were young uh, or was there something in you that was even calling you to become a paralegal or to have an interest in law where did your interest in law come from? You know, I I did a lot of um, police type of work. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. cool. Uh-huh. I was an explorer for the Richmond Police Department for four years. Cool. Um, and that was just an activity I used to love, just being busy when I was in high school and get involved in all types of different programs and. During my time as an explorer, I, I, I found my calling, I guess, within that program. And I saw that I was good at like being that explorer and, and maybe even being a cop someday. So I saw myself uh, in that field, mm-hmm. um, but that's more of enforcement, right? Uh, so, you know, I, as I... As I graduated from high school and I then went to college, you know, I got to meet other uh, colleagues and and knowing what other options there were for me. So then my view of maybe enforcement wasn't there anymore. 
Mm -hmm. And I started thinking of where maybe uh, I could make a more impactful change would be maybe going into legal work, you know, instead of enforcement. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that you've told me that at some point in the past, but I had forgotten that. That's, um, yeah, you know, it's not easy to uh, be part of the justice system in any way, you know, and to hold people accountable and arrest people and things like that. That's not an easy, that's not an easy job at all. And it's certainly a job that requires uh, a ton of training, a lot more than than uh than than you then you might then you might think or you might expect um but yeah i'm really glad that uh i'm really glad that you came into our firm and i'm really glad that you kind of discovered for yourself that you wanted to contribute in maybe a different way um uh being a police officer i think would be i mean it is an enormous contribution to society um, but, uh, but I personally love, I love being able to like, look, a uh, a person in the eye and say, Hey, you know something, we just won your case and your whole life is going to, it's not going to be the same again, you know? And that's, that's a, that's a experience that you don't get sending somebody to, uh, sending somebody to jail or arresting them though. You are making people safer doing that at least at least in theory right but um but cool thank you for that so um and then somewhere along the line you got law you got you know enforcement stuff and somewhere in the line you got interested in real estate so tell tell us about that how did how did that come about um i think it's always been since i was growing up i i felt and at least what my parents also share with me is that uh, I've always been someone that loves to save their money. I don't like to just spend it stupidly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always have loved to know that I have money in the bank account and that I have a safety net. And because I had that safety net and I, during 2000 and I think it was 2007 or 2009 that we had the crash, I, was, I had gotten my first paralegal job and that was the first time in my life that I was actually making more than I ever had after I graduated from college. And I was very happy and excited and, and I was just saving up a lot of money. You know, I was living at home. I didn't have to pay rent or food. Everything was given to me. So mm-hmm. um, I was able to really take advantage of that opportunity and just save up as much as I could. And I, you know, I've, I just suddenly started hearing in the news, this is happening in the real estate market and we're going through this wave of uh, a housing crisis. I wasn't sure exactly where the housing crisis came from at that time. You know, I just knew that houses were dirt cheap. Yeah. You know, and I was doing the math. I was doing the math on on my own and calculating how much uh, a mortgage would be and how much I would be able to pay. And it just, the numbers just made sense. There was no reason why I wouldn't want to buy it. You know, I was living at home, I didn't have expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, my, that first home, uh, my mortgage was $600 a month. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it's like, the numbers just worked. You know, yeah. why would I not be able to pay $600 a month living at home? 
and I could rent that home for more than $600 a month. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so I, I just remember just, you know, being curious. It's just me being curious and uh, listening to the news and, and just not being afraid to make a call to real estate agents and just talking to those people who have experience, more experience than me. Cause I was, I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't know where to go. I didn't have, I didn't have that type of guide. I called, I mean, the first step is calling a bank that it's yeah. to see if they're going to lend you money. Cause I yeah. know I didn't have a hundred and I think the house was like a hundred and seventy thousand dollars but um that's the first step calling the bank and and seeing if they're willing to lend you the money and and for you to cooperate with everything that they need to pre-approve you to see if you're capable of taking on that commitment so i did that i was also very fortunate to meet a banker that was super patient and explained every step of the way of what it was going to take for me to get this loan and it, it does intimidate you as a, I was what, like 25, 24? It, it, it is intimidating for someone that is that young um, for you to do business with someone you don't know. Yeah, it's a big bank, but at the same time, you're like, is this guy going to screw me over? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I asked every single question possible and I, I didn't, um, even though I felt intimidated, I still asked the questions and I, I didn't, um, I didn't feel whatever question I thought was stupid. I asked it mm-hmm. and I just did it because I, I they, this was the first time that I was going to get such a big loan and I wanted to make sure that I was going to be successful in, in the process. So, yeah. So yeah, just, just taking, taking that risk and not being afraid, whatever comes with it. I, I know I didn't have the support of my parents to really buy that first home. You know, my dad was, He's, he has that image of real estate agents being crooks mm-hmm. and he would always say that he's like why are you buying this home and and this is not a good this is not going to be good for you, you mm-hmm. know? I'm like it's okay I'm going to risk it dad and mm-hmm. I did everything on my own I did everything the real estate agent I had was great and you know I had her kind of knock sense into me sometimes because I was kind of stepping back whenever uh, a, a deal would come through because it, it, it took a lot of effort. It, it wasn't easy to get that first home. There was like 15 other homes that I had put offers in that I got turned down on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one worked and we had to get creative about how we put that offer. Uh, and I, I, I just still, like I said, I'm very thankful that I met the right people that were willing to help me get there. Cool. And, and, and yeah, that real estate agent went above and beyond to put in that offer for me and get me uh, the best deal possible. And yeah, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, mean, I had to pay a little extra to get the home, but I did. And now here I have it. It's worth double what I bought it then. Yeah, that's so cool. That, really. Yeah, that's so cool. Great, great job. And it's an important reminder, right? Especially right now in the middle of COVID-19 pandemic, right? There's going to be another recession that's also going to affect the real estate market. And, you know, people, um, people can be on the lookout. You never know, right? People in, in the middle of recessions uh, can be the opportunity, right? 
And you certainly took advantage of that when you were 24 years old during the last recession. I, I, lo I love that. That's really amazing. Um, so good. Thank you for that. I, I want to change the conversation a little bit and ask, you know, you, um, uh, you come from a Mexican family and you're the daughter of Mexican immigrants and you grew up, uh, you were born in the U.S., right? And you grew up in the U.S. So what, tell us about that a little bit. I mean, is there, is there, um, yeah, what, what was it like growing up the daughter of immigrants? Yeah, I mean, I I had the I had that family that you had the dad that always was the one that worked. Yeah. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. She's the one who took us to school. She's the one that we were with ninety-five percent of the time. My dad wasn't very around. He he's the one that would go out and work, and he would come home late. Um, and you know, it, I I grew up just seeing that. If there wasn't, if you don't put in hard work, you're not gonna be able to make it in life. So, I had that mentality in me to always make sure that I put in my hardest and everything that I did to be able to get somewhere. And because I saw my dad struggle a lot with uh, with work and you know just working nonstop, um, I remember when they bought their first condo in El Sobrante, um, they that was you know, a lot of responsibility for my dad. I remember him being like scared to even buy it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a young girl, but uh, um, my dad took the risk, he bought it. And when we, when my brother started getting older, uh, we wanted to then, my dad wanted a bigger home. So then we started looking again and I actually helped my dad buy the home he has when I was about 18 that's when he bought that home. And I remember them arguing over like, we don't have enough money to buy this home. And, and I'm like, dad, I have money saved up. You can borrow, you know? And he was like, do? Like, yeah. And, and, and he never, he's never forgotten that. And it's, he doesn't tell me very often, but I hear him share it with the family. He's like, my daughter helped me. Mm -hmm. And it's very, uh, it's, it makes me feel very proud of myself that I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I guess money was a, a, an issue, I guess, when I was growing up a lot. I felt like my dad always felt like he needed to make sure that we were 100% good. And he would stress out a lot. So I just felt like I didn't want to be in that place. I wanted to make sure that I was able to put a roof on my head without having to depend on anyone else. Mm -hmm. So I grew up seeing that. and, and and just that would continue being a visual in my head as I grew up and I worked and I went to school. And maybe I feel like that's really what motivated me to buy that first home. Like I wanted to make sure I had something on my own before I got married, before I did any, anything else to know that I had something to fall on. Mm -hmm. If something ever happened to my family or, or to my, now my family that I have, but something that I could say is mine. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great job. I love it. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. And thank you for sharing it. Um, well, you know, um, uh, you know, here, the whole idea of this podcast, right? We call it the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. 
The whole idea of it is that we believe in empowerment, right? Regardless of immigration status, regardless of, of where you come from. Um, and so in that, in thinking about that, like what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's like an immigrant going through an immigration process? What's one piece of advice that you would uh, share with that person? I think we say it here in the firm and we, I feel like we've said it in, in the past and I really do believe in it, that if there's no pain, there's no gain. Yeah. And I've lived through a lot of pain, but, but I've gained a lot from it. Good. Good. That's awesome. All right. Norma, thank you so much uh, for being here with us today. And thank you for your contribution and your work uh, and, and your support of our office and our clients and, and everything that you do. All right. Um, and so good. And those listening, thank you so much for joining our podcast here. Um, we're the uh, Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Please share our podcast and please follow it through your app. Uh, we are trying to grow what we're doing here, so please share it. If this was uh, useful for you, uh, you know, uh, share it with one other person uh, or maybe more, and uh, and 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 let's 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 grow our message and let's spread it and 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 let's all be empowered uh, as we go through our lives together here. So thank you so much, and have a great rest of your day. All right, bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard and if you want to learn more, please go to landerhomeimmigration.com forward slash podcast.